The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are back again with a great topic, I guess, for this hour with Mr. Jim Kaler, attorney at law and specialty in elder law. And Jim is very, very helpful to all of us as we are navigating later life and the legal um, pathway, the legal uh, journey that we have to make to make sure that all of our pieces of our life are wrapped up tight in a bow. Right, Jim? Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. you know, uh, today's topic I'm really excited about. And for those of you that are watching on YouTube, we have a document right in front so that you can follow along with us. But we're going to talk about individuals that you should ab- appoint um, for you to represent on your behalf in case you're in a situation where you cannot represent yourself. And is that a good definition, Jim? Yeah, it's a little broader than that, but yes, the, yes. the kind of the, the the who's who that ought to be involved in your estate plan. Yes. Well, welcome to the show. And before we start with the list, tell us a little bit about kind of the background of why are these kinds of individuals important in our world? Okay. Well, the document by document, it, it's different people. So, you know, it's whomever yeah. you would point as your agent, or at least that's what we call it in Ohio, an agent. Mm-hmm. on your powers of attorney might mm-hmm. it would have a, a particular kind of personality or a particular person involved in your life that right. is good for that uh that document mm-hmm. but someone who would be your executor totally different thing being an executor is a different problem than being your agent because when you're an executor you've passed away you're gone right so it, it's strictly a business thing not a care thing so these are people that you ought to consider um involving in your estate plan do not ambush anybody talk to them before you name them uh, maybe the hip release because i suggest naming about everybody but other right. than that you don't name someone and, and surprise them okay don't don't appoint your daughter as your agent on the power of attorney without telling her and asking her if it's okay right um, but other than that these are kind of the personality traits of people who fit particular jobs in your estate plan, living will, power of attorney, uh, trustee of a revocable trust or the backup trustee of a revocable trust, uh, the trustee of a special needs trust. So these are things that should, the special needs trust is a maybe. If you, if you need a special needs trust in your life, it's because of a special needs person in your family or afraid they right. will at some point. Um, but a revocable living trust, yeah, a lot of people have that. It's an estate planning tool. Sure. Um, so these are common things, but most people, and for that matter, most estate planning attorneys I have found, don't think about who these ought to be from your, your cast of characters in your own life. Yeah, true. So what does your executor look like? What personality traits fit? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we'll talk about some of the documents along the way and how they impact your life or your stuff after you've passed away. But uh, and, and that will help explain why the cast of characters or why the who's who looks the way it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I don't do estate planning. You and I have discussed that before. I'm strictly long term care and special needs. But special needs usually is estate planning for someone who has special needs or someone who has 
a person with special needs in the family. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then that brings in everything else that brings in the power of attorney, which normally I don't bother with because somebody else has handled it. It brings in the living will, which I normally don't bother with. So um, this, this caused me to uh, this project uh, where the, the, the mom and dad of a son with special needs weren't quite sure whom they ought to appoint. And it made me realize people haven't really thought about that. No. So a no. colleague and I created this list. Well, and it's interesting that you say that because it's very true. Sometimes people will pick a power of attorney um, just because, uh, you know, they're well, my they're son is so good, good with money. So I'm going to make my son <laughs> an agent on the power of attorney because he's so good at yeah. handling money. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Yeah. Or or, uh, you know, my my uh, daughter-in-law, who I'm closest to, that won't say no to me when I want to go uh, rake up uh, $10,000 in credit card charges because I have dementia. You know? Right. <laughs> those things happen. Right. So obviously those things are, you know, challenges. So let's start out. I know you have power of attorney on the top of the list, and that's huge because a lot of people don't realize that there's more than one type of power of attorney. Do they? Correct. Correct. And it's also huge because even if you don't want to do anything else to plan ahead for long-term care, you don't want to give money away, mm -hmm. you don't want to buy insurance, having good powers of attorney is a relatively inexpensive way. You ought to have them anyway. Okay. But if yeah. they are written well, and you and I have done a whole nother podcast, or we will, I can't remember if we've got it done already, on how on what powers of attorney should look like. In right. fact, I wrote an article in the Cleveland Bar Journal. Uh, a year and a half ago, June of 2020, uh, trying to reach estate planning attorneys and say, when you're writing powers of attorney, please write it as though it's going to land on my desk when someone needs long-term care. Exactly. So I wrote a whole article on what ought to be in a power of attorney. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. Okay. So a power of attorney, actually there's two, they, they are called different things in, in different states because these are, these are almost all state animals that we're talking mm -hmm. about, state mm -hmm. documents. So what you have in Washington, what I have in Ohio will be similar, but probably not identical. What they have in Tennessee is probably similar, not identical, okay. et cetera. Okay. There is a uniform power of attorney act and it's an encouragement of states to do it this way. And as far as I know, every state that has implemented it, including Ohio about five years ago, takes that uniformity and then tweaks it. So it's not uniform anymore, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's close. Yeah. Okay. So the power of attorney, you have a general one you can think of as your business power of attorney. This is the power to handle your bank account, your real estate, right. et cetera. Okay. And right. then depending on the state, it could be a whole bunch of other stuff. In Ohio, for example, you have a place in, in our standard form, which is a good start, but hardly the thing you ought to be using. Um, it has a place where you can give the agent the power to decide who can hang around you, should you not be able to anymore. So if you, sure. for example, if you've got one particular cousin who always winds you up, just gets you emotionally uh, feeling horrible, and then you start to suffer health issues and dementia, your agent would have the ability to say, hey, cousin who causes trouble, stay the hell away. Yeah. And if you don't, I'll get a restraining order. Okay, so that that can be in a general power of attorney, at least in Ohio. Healthcare power of attorney is as, and this is a, a term I use from a uh, from someone who sells health insurance, skin and contents. Okay, that's all healthcare power of attorney is. It may be healthcare proxy in some states. Okay, but this is the person who can speak for you on what you want with healthcare, and what they think you want if 
you hadn't already discussed it. Mm -hmm. They're okay. your advocate. Exactly. They are your advocate in making, they are your decision maker. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I look Absolutely. at, they ought to be your advocate. I hope they will be your advocate. But remember in my practice, I use a nurse uh, to look after my client's care. And I would rather have the nurse be the strong, willing to be an asshole advocate than have a family member do so. Yeah. Uh, because then if there's friction, I'd rather it be with my nurse who frankly doesn't care about friction than it be with a family member who's always worried about mom and dad and wondering if their behavior will impact mom and dad. Right. So if, if one of my nurses uh, rubs the director of nursing at a nursing home the wrong way, well, tough. My nurse is probably right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but then we don't have the daughter or the son who is now afraid to talk to the director of nursing just because they had a bad experience. Well, okay. and the, I think there's another side of that, Jim, too, is the fact that, um, perfect example, my mom was in her 80s, you know, mid 80s, and um, she was having a little bit of problem swallowing. And so they had her on a thickened liquids recommendation, mm -hmm. right? And she didn't want that. She wanted water. And she was dying because she kept saying, I want water. And I... And I had to go sign as her power of attorney. I made the choice because I was her advocate. I said, yeah. I understand that there is a risk and my mother wants water. She's 80 some years old. And guess what? Give her what I want yeah. and I'll sign a release. Yeah. Same See, thing. That's, that's a decision that minors cannot make. Correct. Okay, but I made that decision for her because I was her power of attorney. Yeah. And yeah. I, and the other thing that I learned, it, it took me a while to get my groove into it because just because I was taking care of her and I was there, I didn't realize that I had a voice with healthcare pr practitioners. Cause a lot of times, for example, they'll say, um, you know, because dad had a heart attack five years ago, we're going to put him on a low sodium diet. Well, excuse me, dad doesn't eat a low sodium diet anymore. And we don't care about that. He's, he can have what he wants. So yeah. those are things I didn't know I had a voice that I could speak up and say those things. And that's one of the things as a power of attorney, you can, is that correct? Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, it doesn't mean you're not going to rub people the wrong way and they're going to try <laughs> not to listen to you, but you are, right. if you have the power of attorney, and you are the agent or the proxy mm -hmm. or whatever the term is in your state, um, or we just pejoratively Attorney, in you, fact, we call you're, it. You're, or right. AIF you're, or you're the power of attorney when, in fact, the power of attorney is a sheaf of documents. But, right. you know, pejoratively, we call these people the power of attorney. Uh -huh. um, if you're the power of attorney, yeah, you have the right to speak for them. They have the right to overrule you. Yep. So if mom had said, nah, they talked me into a thickened diet, then, okay, they, they'd be doing thickened liquids because she had the opportunity to overrule you. Right. But yes, you do have the right. In fact, you've accept this is why you shouldn't ambush anybody. If you're the principal, you're the one extending to others your power. You're the one signing the power of attorney, naming mm -hmm. Suzanne as your agent. Okay. Sure. Um, this is why you don't ambush the, the would-be agent. And suddenly mm -hmm. they're not, you, you know, you want someone who is willing to talk, willing to speak for you, willing to make these decisions if they're uh, and make their best guess. And some people mm -hmm. simply aren't comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the personality traits we've talked about as we go through these things. Um, so, you know, you want someone who's willing to speak for you, but someone who won't crack under pressure. Yeah. And I mean, my wife, if, if she, she's 
I, our, our powers of attorney are so old. They go back to when we were married 37 years ago. We need to redo them. But uh, in hindsight, at the time, she was the logical one. But now she doesn't handle pressure well. So yeah. if something were to happen to me, I'd be worried she'd simply uh, kind of curl up into a ball and not make a decision. Right. So right. that's something you have to consider. And that's a big deal with your spouse. A huge it is deal. a big deal. Honey, it is. I, I love you, but you panic. Yeah. And I here's the other thing is the agent. Yeah. And it's the other thing is just because you believe one way, if you're acting on behalf of someone else, it's their values, it's their life. Well, it's yeah. what you would. So if you're that person, you, sh you I think your responsibility is, is what do you want in these situations? Well, yeah. And Don't I've got guess. that in my own family. <laughs> yeah. One yeah. of my sisters, I have two sisters. They both still live in my hometown. Uh, and they are both unmarried. So they are each other's agents or attorney. In fact, I don't remember mm -hmm. what, I don't know what they call them in Indiana where yeah. I grew up. Um, but, uh, one of my sisters is Jehovah's witness. So no blood transfusions. My other sister is an atheist. Doesn't really care about religious values. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, you know, but she has agreed to follow the wishes of the Jehovah's witness sister. But if it's life versus giving her transfusion, I wonder what my atheist sister will do. Yeah. If she's, if she's been appointed as POA, there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. So in our next segment, we're going to talk about wills and, and, and moving forward into other types of documents. And for those of us, I hope you will stay with us for part two. And Jim, you'll be right back, won't you? Yes, I will. State of Ohio residents. You have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform. 